Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of MLS UK Show Stoppage Time. I'm Henry Hewitt and as always I'm joined by... Elliot Holman. So Elliot, it is finally here. MLS Cup week. Uh, what a match we're going to have. We're going to talk loads about it, but just uh, Columbus v LAFC. You said on the last podcast how much you've enjoyed watching Columbus. Maybe not when they knocked uh, Orlando out of uh, the playoffs, but uh, for the rest of the season you have LAFC... You know, our LAFC, it's, it's the perfect MLS Cup, isn't it? Yeah, uh, Columbus in the final, uh, hosting as well. It feels very early MLS UK show era to me. Um, Columbus uh, making MLS Cup. Uh, they've been fantastic. They've been fantastic all season. They play the best football for me, soccer. Um, and so absolutely deserve to be in the final. I, and against LAFC... The West hasn't been as strong, but this the you know, LAFC are a fantastic side and this is gonna be uh, this is gonna go down in history, this one. You know what? It could ease I mean, going off what uh, happened with Cincy and Columbus in the uh, conference final, uh, you know, and LAFC are LAFC. I know we've said it before, but like that's all we can say. They are LAFC. Um, you know, you're going to hear my chat with uh, Jake Zivin in a moment, and he says that they've been a bit more pragmatic this season, but on the whole, you know, we're, especially with Boango up front, LAFC can just turn it on like that. And if they do, uh, they can beat any team. And we could, my prediction, we're going to give our proper predictions at the end of the podcast, but on, straight away, my prediction, we'll see goals. I couldn't agree more. I think uh, Buanga for LAFC and Cucho for Columbus are easily two of the best, uh, not just the best strikers in the league, but two of the best players to watch. Um, I really, really, really can't wait for it. I think it's going to be fantastic. And um, I actually couldn't watch the Columbus Orlando game because I was working at a gig and that, I think that's the best outcome for all involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what, before we uh, hear the chat with Jay, just to cheer you up a little bit, just a reminder, we, we kind of, we said we were going on the last episode, we went to Anfield for the Football Content Awards, we picked up silver uh yet again which is great and uh, it was a great night wasn't it so we won uh best podcast international section the silver award um you know and uh we got to do it at anfield as well which really helped us because it's an hour away from my house two hours away from yours so as new parents it meant we could get the award and then sneak off uh and uh, and get home for uh to help our wives with bedtime I'm going to be honest, I just snuck off to retrieve said award. Um, I have broken it. <laughs> oh, um, uh, Great stuff. Uh, but here it is, the silver award. Oh. Uh, well, thank, so, yeah. thankfully we've got a few now. So uh, there's one behind me, if you see in the, on there, there. Yes, there, that's silver, a previous silver one, I think. So uh, yeah, I've kept better care of mine than you have of yours. Uh, I don't even know how that's happened. I think it's just so cold in here. I, all I did was pick it up. Um, but I can tell you now that it's in two pieces that it's from Ikea, the frame. So, uh, oh, there you go. Thank you guys. Uh, no expense, Fed. There we go. Uh, there we go. It's, it's all in one piece. Oh. Uh, well, that was a highlight of a night. Another highlight of a night was meeting Joe from uh, the 25 for 20 uh, Miami Fusion podcast. He, uh, he also gave us, gave us a scarf each, which was really nice. This I've still got it, the fusion. Um, check that podcast out; it's really interesting. If you love your, uh, you love your history of uh, MLS, 
um, you know, check that out because uh, it really he speaks to people around at the time and fans and stuff like that. It's really interesting. But um, yeah, when we saw him, he had these two scarves. He were wearing one. He's like, oh, I've brought them for you. And we were like, really? No, you don't have to give them these. These, these. these are fine. He was like, no, my wife wants them out of the house. I've brought them for you too. <laughs> Uh, it's also the only bit of Miami merch I have so far. So thank you, Joe. Yeah, I, I think um, into Miami, maybe might you might not be getting much of that uh, being an Orlando fan. But I think Miami Fusion, you can uh, probably, uh, you know, appreciate a bit more. But uh, yeah, great to meet Joe. Um, hopefully we're going to get him on the podcast in the next season. But uh, yeah, it was a really good event. One silver. We're happy with that. So, um, so yeah, we, a nice way to end the year. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you to to everybody for for voting for us. Um, we've had a crazy year of uh, our MLS UK show family literally doubling. Um, so yeah, thank you for sticking with us throughout uh, what's been a couple of busy busy periods. And um, yeah, nice to get a little bit more silverware. Yeah. Well, speaking of our MLS UK show family doubling, while we go check on our newborns, we're going to play you our chat with the lead play-by-play announcer for Apple TV's MLS season pass, Jake Ziving. You'll hear Jake this weekend alongside friend of the show, Taylor Twelman at MLS Cup. Uh, and I, uh, he kindly gives some time to us just before he was flying out to Ohio uh, to chat, not only about the big game, but also about his introduction into commentary, his, his soccer pathway through Portland as well, MLS Cup, and then we get to chat to him as well at the end about Phil Neville becoming Portland Timbers manager. So Portland fans, stay tuned for that. So here's what happened when I caught up with Jake Zivin. Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt, MLS UK Show. Welcome back to the MLS UK show. Now we're just days away from MLS Cup 2023 and I'm delighted to say joining us now is the man who will be in the commentary booth for the big game, Jake Zivin. How are you, Jake? I'm doing great. How are you? How's Manchester? Uh, Cold and wet. And as we discussed before, you're in Portland and it's very much the same. Yes, it is very, (laughs) I think, very similar weather right now. Yeah. Uh, so let's hope, uh, I mean, Columbus, you'd imagine it'll be a similar sort of temperature. I don't suppose we're going to get any, uh, you know, LA, if it was in LA, I right, suppose you'd do right. different clothing on the No, it'll, it'll be all about the game for sure. But it didn't, doesn't look terrible. Looks relatively warmer than it could be this time of year. And on Saturday, it, look, we could be playing this in a snowstorm, uh, but it, I think it'll be, it'll be quite temperate. It'll be nice on Saturday. Yeah, well, we can't wait for the game. We're going to talk a little bit about it uh, in more detail later on in our chat. But first of all, with it being MLS Cup week, how does your week look uh, since you called that amazing game in Cincinnati at the weekend? Oh, yeah, it, it was thrilling. Uh, straight back home, first flight home to, to Portland, where, where I still live with my wife for a couple of days. I'm here in Portland as we are talking right now. And in two hours, I'll be off to the airport and headed to Columbus. I land late tonight. It's Wednesday night. Then over the next couple of days, yeah, it's it's prepping, right? In all sorts of ways for, for me personally. And, and a lot of that prep is already done. Um, but as as a group, as a broadcast team, in our meetings with the coaches, with the key players from the games, going to training, uh, and then just all the events around MLS Cup, it, it's different, right? We have this routine that we do for every game throughout the year. And then you get to this one and All-Star was similar when, when Arsenal came to DC in the summer. And then there's just so much happening, right? It goes from kind of zero, like our little crew to a hundred and, and everybody from the whole American soccer world descends on Columbus, which is fantastic. So can't wait to get out there. It'll be a busy few days uh, and then can't wait for the game 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Saturday. Uh, well, I, I'm doing a bit of digging on you, Jake. I know how much yeah. of a massive, you're a huge soccer fan, even, yeah. you know, back when you was a kid. So this must be like, you must be in dream world right now. Yeah, honestly, I am, right? I mean, this uh, would have been for me, well, first of all, it is a, a massive career goal. But if you were to ask me when I was in high school, right, like what would be my my dream job? First of all, it's the one I'm doing right now. Uh, and specifically, that would culminate in calling an MLS cup, right, for this year for a global audience for 107 countries on MLS season pass on Apple TV. Yeah. It, it still kind of pinched me, right? Like I, I still, you know, we've been going through this, this whole season and it's game, the game, game, the game, game, the game. Uh, and when it's over, I think I'll reflect back and just be like, wow, you know, I, I can't believe that that year happened because it's uh, it's everything I would have wanted. And it's, it's been that way. It's been a fantastic season. Um, I think both 
for everything we've done on, on Apple TV and MLS season pass that I'm really proud of. And more importantly, everything that's happened on the field from Lionel Messi arriving from the first real leagues cup uh, to now, what should be a thrilling final with two great teams, LAFC and Columbus. It's such an intriguing matchup. So man, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. Seriously. It's, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, well, it has been a great season, hasn't it? All the stuff you've said there. And it's been great for us in the UK because we've actually finally got to hear more than just highlight clips of you commentating. You know, when great. you're doing Portland, we get the odd bit. And like when Asperger's free kick, sorry, bicycle kick, and we got to hear <laughs> you there. But we haven't really, uh, you know, with the broadcasting, we didn't get to hear that much of you. Yeah. So it's been great hearing you with Taylor. Um, yeah. How's it been? Taylor Twelm has been on the show a few times, friend of the show. Okay. But how's it been developing that relationship with him? Well, first of all, I think I left my voice in Providence Park from that Dyron Espria, but it's still there somewhere around the uh, around like uh, 40 yards up from goal of Providence Park from that Dyron Espria bicycle kick. Um, Taylor's been awesome. We're we're we've grown to be, I think, really good friends, uh, and to have what I feel is a good chemistry on air. And to be honest, it was it came maybe quicker than than I thought it would. You know, I knew Taylor. Um, obviously him and John champion would come to Portland all the time. And, and before that, Adrian Healy, when they were the lead play by uh, play by play and, and analyst voices at ESPN and Portland is still, and was such a prominent part of major league soccer. So they'd get a lot of national TV games they'd get a lot of ESPN games. So I knew Taylor from that, but I didn't, you know, hadn't worked with him before and didn't know him intimately. It's been a blast, man. But we've, you know, we have traveled the country. We have been, uh, it, I wouldn't say planes, trains, and automobiles because it's just been planes, but it's because it's a big country, but it's been planes to stadium, to airport, to stadium, right? Uh, and there's no one I'd rather do it with. It's been a great time with Taylor. That's all fair. And then on air, man, I mean, he's he's a, he's a, a powerhouse uh, on there, right? His energy uh, it, it is infectious. It makes everybody bring up their own game because he's at such this top level, um, but he also knows when when not to talk, right? I mean, he's not just at a hundred miles an hour, the whole game. Um, but when he comes in, he, he he's, he's fantastic. He knows what to say. He knows how to say it. And he he's so good at, at just the nuances of television. And, and I've learned so much from him in that regard on air as well. Obviously now you both have not only become a staple of the MLS coverage here in the UK with Apple TV, but you as well have probably become the most listened to bit of commentary of 2023 with that Lionel Messi goal. Um, do you ever sit back and think about that? Because it had more than 100 million views now on socials. Man, yeah, so I was just on uh, Sirius XM um, here here in the States and literally 15 minutes ago was asked the same question. <laughs> uh, I like We haven't had a lot of time to sit back because from League's Cup, it went straight into the resumption of the MLS regular season and straight into the playoffs. And it's just been so focused on the next game. I was like, I sound, I'm sounding like a player right now or a coach right now, right? Just the next game. That, but the reality of what our schedule has been this year is, is we've had to do that. Um, but it it it's it's cool, man. Like it, it's it's uh, it's a big honor, is what I'll say, to be able to have been on the call for that right right place, right time, so to speak. Um, when you throw out that number, that's a bit like overwhelming in a way, <laughs> uh, still, uh, which I think was my reaction initially, but but not in a bad way. Um, you know, I, I have someone who loves this league and has since I was a young child, since the league started when I was ten years old. Um, so to be able to be on the call for a moment like that, that will, and even though it wasn't in MLS, right. But for an MLS team in leagues cup was his basically, you know, debut in MLS, so to speak without being, um, yeah, it just, just a huge honor. And, uh, you know, I just hope that we, we brought that, not just not me, but I hope that the whole production brought that moment to the viewers in an appropriate way. And, and, and I think we did, and that isn't about me. That's about, you know, Taylor not jumping right in. Right. And, and not both of us laying out for a minute and a half. It's about our director, Jim Dodonna cutting around that stadium in such a fantastic way to get the shot of Messi hugging his kids on the touchline right after the goal. It's about our producer for that game, Shaw Brown, having the restraint to stay there and stay with the images on the field uh, and not go directly to a replay because in that moment, that's what we needed. We needed to soak that in for minutes. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm proud holistically of how the crew covered that. And I hope a hundred million people enjoyed it because we sure did. <laughs> Uh, well, I've got to say, actually, this is off what I was going to ask you, but you just reminded me that um, when I was watching the Cincinnati Columbus game at the weekend, the way that when Columbus got the goal, um, you know, the third goal, it hit me at the time. You paused, you stopped, you let us hear the crowd. And I thought, oh, ah, 
brilliant piece oh, yeah. of commentary. So uh, I've got to point that out. Thanks. It's, I think that, look, that's uh that's first of all, it's my style. And I think it's kind of an American style, right? I mean, if you're watching a big college football game, which is kind of college football is, I think America's closest equivalent to the passion and the regional tribalism. I'd say that in a positive way. I use that word in a positive way that, that soccer is around the globe. And if you watch a big game and there's a big touchdown and then lay out, right. And just let it all come in. Um, and so, yeah, that's our style for me. That that's, that's what I like. It's not everybody's style, but it's a viewer that I want to be taken there. Right. I want to be in that environment, in that emotion. And maybe you hear the, maybe the players are close enough to a camera that you can hear them. I mean, I, I look back to, uh, the Western conference semi in Seattle and Denny Boanga scores the only goal of that game. And he's coming towards the camera and Taylor and I have laid out and you can hear him yelling right in that stadium. That's gone quiet of 35,000 in Lumen field. Like for me, that's that's good television, right? As a viewer, that's what I want to hear. I don't need to hear me, myself, or Taylor in that moment. I want to hear Denis Bowanga, right, yelling at a camera, an LAFC yelling in a silent stadium. Um, I mean, obviously, you called that very well. You called the messy goal very well. But just a thought on, um, you know, your life as a commentator, maybe the afterthoughts you have. Do you ever, because us regular people, we'll have a conversation with someone or we'll have an argument with someone and we'll go afterwards, oh, I should have said that or we should have said that. Do you ever get that as a commentator? Do you ever think later on, oh, I should have said that and and then maybe save it for that person's next goal? Yeah, everything I say, I think that comes out of my (laughs) mouth, I'm I'm second guessing constantly. No, yeah, I'm I'm a harsh self-critic. So of course, you know, there, there are some moments, very few that I'm like, yeah, I don't know that I would change anything there. But for most goal calls, for most anything, I think, ah, my, you know, my voice went a little up when I wish it had gone down, right? Or I got a little out of the vocal range or, you know, even look, even the Eastern Conference final, I was happy with my goal call for Diego Rossi, which wasn't planned. You know, that the crew has been saved, which is a save the crew was this movement a few years ago when Anthony Precourt was trying to move them to Colum- uh, to Austin. And eventually, you know, it was worked out where he got a team in Austin and the crew stayed. Um, and then... I had that, that came off kind of the top of the head. I mean, not that that's an original saying, but then the next goal, Christian Ramirez, I had thought in a previous game that we did, because his nickname was Superman for Minnesota United. And I thought, all right, if he scores a late goal, I'll go something off the lines of like, here I come to save the day, right? Like Superman, here I come to save the day. So I kind of did a variation of that. And then I said, I'm like, oh, I just said saved. 20 minutes ago when Rossi scored the goal. Now I'm saying both both calls are similar and that's not that's not great. So yeah, second guess myself then. But I think in this business, you learn to, it's kind of like being a player, like being a goalkeeper in a lot of ways. You, you've got to move on. You've got to wipe away. If you didn't like what you did, you can't let that hang with you for the rest of the game. Uh, but also to learn from it. I've always felt that the best way to get better as a commentator is to listen to yourself back. And that can be uncomfortable. I hate listening to myself back for the most part, especially when I do something I don't like. It's just total cringe. But that's the way to get better is to listen back, is to cringe, realize why you cringed. And then over time, you'll ideally not do those things that that made you cringe. Hey, well, if it's any consolation, us regular Joes, we didn't notice. So uh, obviously your own, your, your own harshest critic, but we, yeah. the, <laughs> we the viewers didn't notice. Um, right. Well, let's go back to the start then, because, uh, you know, you're in Portland at the moment, but you're not from mm-hmm. Portland. You're from Illinois. Uh, right. Obviously, Chicago Fire's uh, home state. Um, what's your earliest memories of MLS? Because you've been a soccer fan right from the very start, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I'm, you know, I'm of a generation in, in America where we started, a lot of us started playing when we were five years old, rec soccer, AYSO is what it was in, in the Chicago area. And just as we would play little league, which is, you know, young kids playing baseball or basketball for five-year-old, six-year-old or flag football, American football. Um, it was very common to play soccer in, in, in my generation and make maybe kind of the first generation where it was kind of ubiquitous, like everybody, every kid in the town played. And for me, it was my favorite sport. Um, I just enjoyed it the most. I was the best at it, which is saying nothing. It's very relative to my own athletic ability, which is very poor. Um, but I was slightly better at it than other sports. And it was around the time when the world cup was going to come to the U S uh, and, and we didn't have a league. And then MLS, when I was 10 MLS started, 
I distinctly remember where I was watching Eric Winalda's goal, the first goal in MLS history for the San Jose Clash. I really remember where I was for the first ever MLS Cup. I was at my uncle's 40th birthday party in Greenwich Village. I was 11 and all the adults are having a great time in this beautiful loft apartment in, in the village, like the hippest place in the world. My uncle's a really hip guy and I'm in the back room in the bedroom. Uh, sitting on the bed watching the first ever MLS Cup and Eddie Pope scored that golden goal in a rainstorm for DC United. Uh, then the fire came into the league two years later. You know, I'm a young kid from Chicago. We had Michael Jordan. We had the Bulls. Like, I didn't get why the fire weren't a team in 1996 when the league started. Why did it take till year three? I'm 10. I don't understand that sports business stuff. Uh, so I was really glad when they came. Remember with my friends in the lunchroom, like mocking up what we thought the logo would be when it was announced a team would come. Uh, and then going to games at Soldier Field. I was at the the Western Conference final that year, which was the last home game for them. It was a best of three series, which we brought back this year. Uh, and the Fire won it in an old MLS style shootout from 35 <laughs> yards away. They won that game against the Galaxy game two in a shootout, which was their second win of the best of three series. They advanced to MLS Cup where they won, where they beat uh, DC at the Rose Bowl. So yeah, diehard fire fan my whole life growing up. And then that kind of morphed into just the league as a whole. I interned for major league soccer when I was in college. Um, and that kind of turned my focus from, okay, I'm a fan, right? Fire fanatic, uh, of the fire to being like, Oh yeah, I want to do this for, I wanted to make this my career. I love this league. I love the sport in this country. Uh, and if I could do this as a career and, and parlay that passion into a job, uh, that'd be ideal. And I'm so feel so lucky and fortunate that I've been able to do that. Well, I think most people there not, won't be like, oh, wow, you've got to do this, uh, you know, your job that you, you really wanted. It was your dream. Most people will be going, wow, you saw one of those penalty shootouts live. Oh, they were great. Me, <laughs> me and my friends used to just do them messing around. So I was a goalkeeper growing up and I stopped growing at 5'8 and that ended my career. But as a goalkeeper, I loved it. Like it was fun. And so we would just mess around after like our club soccer practice or AYSO practice or high school soccer practice, just doing the shootouts on each other because they were fun. So yeah, man, they were great to watch and they were really fun to com compete in. For me, more fun than a, the just the nerves of the, you know, the traditional penalty shootout. So I'm not necessarily advocating for them to come back, but <laughs> they were enjoyable. I'll say that. <laughs> Uh, right, just before we talk about MLS Cup, I need to ask you, you've mentioned there about interning for MLS, and yeah. I believe one of your jobs was uh, you were the guy that would change the score on the uh, on the, the screens. Now, right. uh, this, this is a proper geeky question from me. Okay. However, we all see it. We all obviously know it happens. There's, we know that some person there has to change the score. You're the first person I've ever spoke to that has actually said, yeah, that was my job. What <laughs> is, it as, is it as simple as pressing like goal or uh, is there actually more stuff that goes into it so no i mean for that actual action it's just plus one on on the bug <laughs> we call it the bug in the business it, now there's more to it and back then there was even more to it so it was 2005 2006 the espn it was on espn2 mls soccer saturday ironically or maybe not ironically appropriately taylor twelman was scoring a boatload of goals i was plus one. Oh, taylor scored another goal plus one i wish i i wish i knew him back then as i did now because i would have been i would have been a little delayed on that i would have said <laughs> let's make him sweat maybe it's gonna maybe it was offside maybe the flag's up no um but there was a lot more to what we would call the bug uh, we had sponsors, right? So every five minutes, you'd have a different sponsor that would come through. And I was the most important part of that job was making sure that that sponsor changed every five minutes. Um, because of course, a sport without commercials, which in America is unique, um, the commercials break during the action. That was a, a big part of the business of, of soccer on television. Uh, we'd run billboards off it, which means the whole thing would morph into like three different company logos. And Rob Stone, who was the play-by-play -play commentator at the time, would read through them. And I'd you know, touch advance each one in sync with what Rob was saying. And then we would drop stats off it as well. And you do see that now uh, in, in every American sport. But it seemed to me like soccer innovated a lot of that because unlike a football, an American football, a basketball or a baseball, it's hard to do a close-up shot of a player. And if you would put in, let's say, a graphic of this player has scored 30 points per game, if we're talking basketball, you don't do that over, uh, you don't do a lower third, right? 
over a wide shot. You have to get, the director has to get tight in on that player, put up the lower third. They can talk about it for five seconds and you come back. Well, the ball needs to not be in play to do that. And so it's very hard in a soccer game to do that because the ball's pretty much always in play. So the solution for that is you drop smaller nuggets off of the scoreboard. And so a lot of the job was also that, right? Putting little stats, if the announcers, commentators were talking about a stat and I had that kind of built into my my area, I could sell it to the producer. Hey, I've got that. He would say, okay, drop it. It'd come down off the board so people could read and it would go with what the announcers were talking about. Then it'd come back up and we wouldn't disrupt being able to actually watch the game. Well, with all that going on, I'm, I'm surprised that you actually remembered to press plus one, Andy, because there seems so much <laughs> to do. Hey, yeah. I mean, I, I said all these other, I said that the sponsors were the most important part of the job, but hey, look, ultimately it, it's it's the goals, right? This is a game <laughs> that's all about the moment. So no, it was, it was a blast. Look, I, I really believe that if you want to go into being an on-air commentator, that spending some time in a production truck is extremely helpful because you understand everything that's going on on the broadcast. And there's so much, it takes so much to put together one of these broadcasts, so many people and so many different roles and different elements that to have the awareness of what everybody's doing really helps you when you're on the air. And you might, you'll understand if something's not happening as fast as you think it should or want it to be, or a viewer might want it to be, um, you, you, you have some empathy as to why that is. And you can one help problem, shoot it, troubleshoot it, uh, problem solve it. If in, in our role, if we can or maybe just avoid going somewhere, right? So we don't make it look like a bigger problem than it is. Um, all, all of those things, I think it's important. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I don't want to put you under pressure, but there's obviously no bigger game than MLS Cup, which is this weekend. Um, not, not only are you guys under pressure, but also the players as well, although Columbus, I guess, mm -hmm. recently have been playing as if they're not under any pressure at all. How excited <laughs> are you to watch them and how how we, how um, excited have you been watching them in recent uh, recent weeks? Yeah, Wilfried Nancy, he has them playing without fear, right? And, and I think when I say without fear, it's not really a fear of the opponent. It's without a fear of making a mistake. And that's what he wants. It, you've talked to him from the beginning and, and he will talk so eloquently about how he wants his team to play and how he wants his players to do things that make them uncomfortable and to take risks. He's, you know, he plays with, with three in the back, two wing backs that are, the wing backs are both converted attacking players and the three center backs, the one in the middle, Rudy Camacho is a traditional center back. The two on either side of him are converted outside backs and they go and they have the license and the freedom, not the, not the wing backs, the, the two center backs next to, next to, to Camacho, they go and it's rare. You, you don't see teams, especially in MLS, be as aggressive as Columbus are, but they are now all so bought in and they are so uh, confident in themselves and in their style that it's fascinating to watch. And it's going to make for, for me an extremely excited game, exciting game because LAFC, a team that we've thought of over the past five or six years as being maybe the most progressive and aggressive attacking team in Major League Soccer, have dialed that back completely in these playoffs. They had less than 30% possession against Houston, the lowest possession and the fewest number of passes in a game in LAFC history by design. And they were totally comfortable, very similar game plan in Seattle the week before. And they win 2-0 and they don't feel that threatened and they look really good defensively. And then they're a team that can just take advantage of moments, especially in transition, maybe better than anybody else. So we've got this Columbus team that we know is going to want to have the ball the whole game, highest possession in the league. We've got an LAFC team that in the playoffs have decided to not have the ball. And LAFC has the golden boot winner, Denis Bawanga, who's the most dangerous player in transition in this league. You've got a Columbus team that's so aggressive with everybody going forward. It could work out great for Columbus. It could also be a disaster for Columbus because Bolanga is going the other way. And the same for LAFC, because if they let Columbus have the ball for 70% of the game, that could backfire too. Um, so it's a fascinating tactical matchup. And uh, assuming that that's how both teams come out and decide to play an MLS Cup, Columbus is going to. We know that. They don't compromise for anybody. There's no doubt about that. We'll see what Steve Trundle and LAFC decide to do. Um, it, it should make for a, a great game and a really interesting one as well. Yeah, because it's funny, isn't it? When you compare LAFC to last season, it's as if they switch roles. LAFC were in the ascendancy last year within the playoffs. We, you know, we are the best team. 
We're not going to stop for anyone uh, yet this year. Do you think it's because they've played more matches away? Have they had to adjust? Uh, and do you think that out of all the teams in the West, if anyone's going to spoil the party at Columbus, it's going to be LAFC? It's interesting. I, I don't I don't know. And I, I look forward to sitting down with, with Steve Trundolo in a couple of days and, and asking him, you know, what what prompted this? Uh, my my sense is, especially early in the season, they played a lot of games, just volume. They played the most games of any team in MLS history in a calendar year. They made a run to the CONCACAF Champions League final, uh, as it was then known, tournament now known as, as the CONCACAF Champions Cup. They had to play a Campiones Cup. They won a game in the Open Cup. Uh, they had a bye in the group stage of the League's Cup, which saved them three games. But still, this team by by June were exhausted. And they looked, for the first two months of the season, they looked unbeatable. They looked like they were going to win six trophies, which is what they could have won. They, they were competing for six trophies. Um, but by that CCL final, they just looked, they looked dead. They had injuries, little injuries, nothing significant. But they just looked tired, heavy legs. Because they played so many games, more games than any team in league history before you know that that date as well. And again, as I said, that's continued. So maybe, maybe that's what it was. It was just like, look, we from a practical standpoint, we have to be pragmatic and we have to save our legs. You've got a Carlos Vela who's who's getting a little older and he's still contributing, but you know maybe can't can't do as much work as as he could in the past. Obviously, never a workhorse of a player, Carlos Vela, but you know, he, he he doesn't quite have maybe the pace and, and that he used to, but he's still incredibly talented and clever um, and and can contribute and has contributed for them. You've got Giolini who, who didn't start in the playoff run last year, right? It, it wasn't it wasn't Chiellini. Um, and now they've gone to Chiellini and he's the oldest player in the league. He's 39. He looks there, to be honest. And he's so smart, um, but he's 39 years old. So, right, that there's some reality there too with how, how you're going to play. Uh, but it's been an interesting transition. And it's been going this way. I'll say that Steve Trundolo brought a lot more pragmatism to LAFC, whereas Bob Bradley was go, go, go. And they took the league by storm, right? But, you know, they win MLS Cup being a little more pragmatic last year. And now they're back in it being super pragmatic this year. It'll be interesting how they come out on Saturday. So if they do win, they'll become the first team since 2012 to retain MLS Cup. I mean, you've you've mentioned a whole host of reasons uh, there with the you know the amount of games being played, why teams might not have done it before. But does this show how unique MLS is? Well, you know, when you look at Europe, there's always yeah. teams dominating certain leagues. Is that what's special about MLS? Is that we don't get the same team winning it every year? Yeah, right. I mean, definitely. Um, it's it's very American. Our, our leagues are leagues of competitive balance for the most part. Um, you know, in the NFL, all 30, not all 32 teams, but y- y- most, most teams don't feel like they're that far away from winning a Super Bowl, right? Like the, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I was six months old when they last won the Super Bowl in the 1985 season. And they've made it to one in my lifetime and they've otherwise been terrible. But you know what? A couple good draft picks, a couple good free agent signings, they can do it. That's how the league is set up, right? If you're a fan, the in the in the obviously in England in the Premier League, the the exception is Leicester, and that's it. Like that's the the exception. Otherwise, if you're not a, a supporter of a top four, maybe six, maybe team, you really don't have a lot of hope of winning the league, do you? Like you don't. Um, and so it's just the way our sport is. Our sports are set up here in America. As an American who grew up being used to this with baseball, with football, American football, with basketball, uh, yeah, I, I like it. I like the unpredictability of it. I like that, you know, if you're right now a Toronto FC fan who were terrible this year, but they spent the most money of any team in the league, like you could, you're not, they could win it next year. I mean, they've got a lot to fix, but they could, right? And uh, there's not, a lot of other leagues around the world that can say that. And I find that interesting and I like it personally. Um, but I understand if, if for others, they see that as a negative. Yeah. Uh, well, it's definitely a positive to us uh, on the Good. MLS UK show. Yeah. It's, it's, we, you know, as great as the English league is and as great as other European leagues are, it, it does get a bit predictable at times. So the fact that with MLS, we can, you can say, oh, well, Toronto definitely win it. And then they, they finish bottom. <laughs> right. And, exactly. You know, Exactly. They it's signed Insigne and Bernadeschi and finished bottom, 
right? Yeah. I mean, you know, there, <laughs> there's issues for that, but still, there's reasons for that. But still, um, it makes it interesting at the least. Um, so go on then, uh, a prediction then for MLS Cup. Nah, I, I, don't predict games, I don't predict games that I call. I, I, <laughs> okay. I principle. Uh, however, uh, I do think it's going to be a great game, right? I think this is a matchup that when, when the brackets, as we call it, right, came out after decision day, when you saw where everybody lined up, who made the playoffs, I think this is, this is the game that a neutral would have said, that's the one I want to watch, right? You've got Columbus the most interesting attacking team in the league. You've got LAFC, the defending champs with the golden boot winner and, and still maybe the, the biggest, the biggest characters and the biggest name just as a club right now in the league, inter Miami and Lionel Messi aside, right? Um, This is the one, this is the matchup. So yeah, I can't wait to call it. I think it's going to be a great game. It's been a thrilling playoff so far. And if we get anything like we got in Ohio on last Saturday, Man, like strap in, giddy up, because it's going to be fantastic theater. Um, yeah, we can't wait to watch it. We can't wait to hear you uh, call it as well. Now, just before you go, just before you get your yeah. flight to uh, to Columbus, <laughs> I've got to ask you, uh, your name is uh, and your voice is synonymous with the Portland Timbers. Portland yeah. fans won't forgive me if I don't I talk to you a little bit about them. Uh, you've spent some time with Phil Neville. We saw you had a, a chat with him when he was appointed. Um, it's been a poor season for Portland, hasn't it, with the high standards? Yeah. How do you think Phil will do and and what are your expectations from next year? Yeah, look, it's been two two seasons in a row not making the playoffs for the Timbers. Uh, first time that that's happened since the first two years of the Timbers' existence in Major League Soccer. And as you said, it's a club that has really high expectations and a fan base that has extraordinarily high expectations, as they should uh, and as the club should. It's a club that's been so successful. They've been to three MLS Cups since 2015. Um, so to miss the playoffs two years in a row, of course, is is a disappointment. I'm really interested to see what Phil Neville brings to, to this club. And for the main reason that this is kind of the first time, um, at least on a club level, that Phil Neville has had a fresh start, kind of fresh starts the wrong word, a clean slate, right? An even playing field. In Miami, they had the sanctions. And then at the beginning of this year, a roster that had no depth. For many reasons, one because of the sanctions, two because the roster was preparing for a possibility of Lionel Messi signing in the summer and having maximum flexibility in that summer transfer window to add not just Lionel Messi, but Sergio Busquets, Jordi Alba, Facundo Farias, Thomas Aviles, Diego Gomez, and completely transform the roster. Well, Phil Neville didn't get to coach that team. He coached, you know, uh, the team that was without those six guys. And when John Mota and Gregory went down, it was just a, a depleted roster and and not really an even playing field. So for the first time in his career in MLS, at least Phil Neville has an even playing field. Um, he has a, an ownership and, and a front office that has always shown an ability to put resources into the club to help the team win. Um, they've got open designated player spots, very important signings uh, coming up. For me, it, it's about Evander. And if Phil Neville can get Evander to be the type of player that everybody expected he was when he signed and the type of player that was a champions league level midfielder for Michelin in in Denmark. Uh, then I think that the, the Timbers will be back to where they've been. I think if you're Portland, the person, the model that you want for Evander is Hani Mukhtar came from the same league and his first year wasn't great. It was the pandemic year. So it was different from off the field, on the field, difficult year to adjust, but it was the second year that Hani popped in Nashville. And is now, you know, obviously the last year's MVP and one of the best players in the league. If Evander can make that same jump in his second year that Hani Mukhtar did in Nashville, then the Timbers are right back there contending for the Western Conference title and contending for an MLS Cup. And to me, that that's Phil Neville's number one task is, is getting that out of Evander. Well, we'll get to see next year whether uh, that comes off, whether Evander can start scoring and Phil Neville can take Portland to the playoffs. But for now, our concentration is on MLS Cup this weekend. Yeah. Jake, thanks so much for joining us on the MLS UK show. Good luck. I'm, you don't need it, but good luck from uh, us. And also hey. say hi to Taylor from us as well. <laughs> um, he's been on the show twice, so we'll have to get you on again so you can match hey. up with him. Would love to anytime. Great to chat, Henry. And thank you for saying good luck. I, I do need the luck. So yeah, I, I, I'll <laughs> take it. I'll take anything I can get. 
the MLS UK show. So there we go. That was my chat with Jake Sivin. Uh, thanks, Jake. And thanks for MLS and Apple TV for sorting that out. Uh, it was great to chat to him. Uh, remember, he will be on air at MLS Cup this weekend, this Saturday. The match kicks off at 4 at 10 Eastern time. The countdown show kicks off at 3 o'clock. Make sure I've got that right. Yeah, 3 o'clock Eastern time, which is great for us in the UK because that means it's 8 o'clock here in the evening. What I, I love MLS Cup because they always play it at a good time for us in the UK. <laughs> it's the it's the only game all season that you can go, oh, I actually don't need to make any arrangements for this. I can just sit and watch it. Like, this is fantastic. Um, I understand that's what happens when you get into a league that's on the other side of the world. Um, but all season, until that Orlando game, I couldn't watch in the, the, the Columbus-Orlando game in the playoffs. Um, until that moment... Um, there was barely any early kickoffs all season. Um, but finally, MLS Cup is here and it's going to be, this is going to be an epic one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can't wait for it. And uh, you can you can watch the game for free on MLS Season Pass uh, through Apple TV and tv.apple.com. Um, so uh, everyone should watch it, you know, if you get the opportunity. Because if there's a game to sell MLS, it's going to be this game. Columbus Crew play soccer, like it's going out of fashion. You're playing soccer like it's the last game they're ever going to play, you know, which is great to see. We saw it in the conference final against Cincinnati, 2-0 down, come back, win 3-2. It's never over with Columbus Crew. But if there's a team, as I said then with Jay, if there's a team to spoil the party, it's LAFC, isn't it? LAFC, um, if they win it, I think if you look at the start of the season and you say, oh, LAFC are going to win MLS Cup, you'd be like... That's 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 a bit predictable. That's a bit boring. Um, but that's not really been my thought all season. Like they're a good side, um, but there's been a couple of sides in the East that have been better. I think that's I think that's fair. I think maybe the top four or five teams in the East have been better, um, and that's just the way it goes. Sometimes next season the West might be really strong again. Um, but I, I think it would have looked like a bit of an anticlimax. But actually, um, they've kind of would have come from. Although they won the West, it feels like they're coming from deep, which is really bizarre because the East has been so far ahead. Yeah, it has. And, um, you know, I think it's such a change from last season because you maybe looked at last season. And I think the East has been getting better over the last few seasons. But mate, last season you look and go, oh, well, the West is a stronger and LAFC came from that. And, um, you know, as Jake said there, LAFC have had their own issues this season. The amount of games they've played has obviously affected them. They've come out the other side. They're playing well going into... MLS Cup and uh, yeah I think all the attention has been on the East with the likes of Cincinnati with Columbus with Orlando doing well as as well uh, with what's going on with Miami and Toronto so all the attention has been on the East LAFC have just quietly been going around the business haven't they they've not been uh, you know beating teams five or six nils they've not been putting in amazing performances they've just been getting the job done which is a good trait to have going into MLS Cup because uh, I mean you look at that staging with Columbus, it's the first truly massive event for Columbus crew at the stadium. It's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be a great day. But, and ironically with Jake being on the show, when you think of uh, to, like Portland hosting NYCFC and then losing, it's all right to have this great show. It's all right to have a very partisan crowd, this great party, but you have to go and win the game. Uh, Portland didn't. They lost on penalties. Columbus Crew, this could either be one of the best days in their history or it could be a massive anticlimax. And when you think about that Portland game off the field, what's the first thing that you think of that comes to your mind? Uh, I, I feel about uh, All I remember from that is those people who were lucky enough to have a gym membership and watch the game for free. <laughs> Yeah, literally whenever I think about that uh, MLS Cup final in Portland, it's those people in that gym. That's, that overrides everything. I remember watching it so clearly. I was in Blackpool. It was a terrible weekend, uh, all in all, but I enjoyed watching MLS Cup. Um, and I just think, uh, actually, that <laughs> hopefully there'll be enough going on on the field that we won't be distracted by something as stupid as that. Um, but it just should be so good. It really should be so good. Well, how do you feel about them moving to a neutral stadium? Like if America built themselves a US men's national team stadium, US women's national team stadium, 
and had MLS Cup there. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, it would even things up, but I do feel that uh, it's different in this country because you will tr- like the fans will travel a lot more. So you know, obviously, I'm in the north of England. Wembley, London is uh, I don't know a four hour drive away or two hours on the train. Uh, and Bolton played there in April and we, we took 30,000 fans. People are expected to travel. Whereas if it's in uh, MLS Cup and MLS, if you've got your build it in New York, for example, are LA fans going to, in that, you know, in the numbers that the, uh, they would have for a home game or Columbus fans, the numbers that are going to be there, would they travel to New York? Probably not. So I think for me, I mean, some of the, the atmosphere, like LA last year, LAFC, Portland, we've mentioned, when Columbus have held it, apart from the COVID year when there were like 4,000 people there or whatever it was. But like, whenever we've seen it, Seattle when they've hosted Toronto, um, it's been a great atmosphere. And people do travel. There is a bit, you know, quite a few away fans there as well. So I think, for me, keep it as it is. I mean, would you disagree with that? Or what do you think? No, I, I, I think the home advantage thing is really nice um it gives you something to play for throughout the whole season even when you've reached the playoffs that's what you want you want to you want to finish in those top spots um i'm interested that (laughs) in your example of where to put the national team stadium you chose new york (laughs) they can't even get a stadium for the club (laughs) yeah there's no space (laughs) if there was something to annoy nycfc fans that would be it Um, yeah, we'd have to, I don't know, they'd have to have it in like, uh, what is it, Football Heritage, maybe Portland or somewhere yeah. like that. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's a very good point. Um, so uh, this weekend then, obviously MLS Cup, Columbus v LAFC. We love making a prediction on this show and no, normally we're wrong. Um, but to try and change the habit of a lifetime, Elliot, go on, what's your prediction for this weekend? Uh, Columbus to play the beautiful football, but it to finish 1-1 and Columbus to win 2-1 overall. Ooh, okay. Uh, I can see it being a 3-2. I think it'd be very close. Which side that third goal goes to? Um, you know what? There's a part of me that, I, I lo- you know, there's half of me that loves when the home team wins MLS Cup because it's a great sort of occasion. You get that feel to it. There's also half of me that loves when the that sort of pantomime villain kind of, you know, when the away team wins like New York City FC did uh, in Portland. In an empty stadium. Like, in an empty stadium. I also love that as well. So, um, you know what? I think Columbus, after the, the years they've had, this is a, a real full stop marker to, um, you know, to all of that. And it's like, right, this is now this, the time to move on fully. And uh, I think it'll be a nice party for them if they were to win. So I'm, I'm going with Columbus uh, to win. Just a point though on Columbus, right? I, I may have said it at the start of the season, definitely fought it. Wilfred Nancy has done an incredible job. And I didn't think he would do well you know, after the success at Montreal, I thought, all oh, right, he's going to move and it's going to be a bit of a, he should have stayed at Montreal. The guy has just been incredible. So I've got to hold my hands and say I was wrong. Whether I publicly said it or not, I was wrong with that one. I think, um, I think this, the, the roster's kind of set up really nicely for the way he wants to play because you've got these, you know, these tricky players that can, that can do the ticker-tacker of football, but also, um, you know, you just got Nagby. He's just still doing bits. Like the man's incredible. Uh, like literally like just belongs in any MLS cup final that you should ever watch. I just feel, um, it just feels that way. Um, but I really, really hope that he can not just keep that roster together, but maybe add a couple of pieces that really work with, with the way that he wants to play and they'll be unstoppable. They're, they're so good to watch. They really are. Yeah, yeah, and I can't wait to see him this weekend. MLS Cup, don't forget, it's on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, it kicks off at 10 past 4 Eastern time, uh, 10 past 8, uh, 10 past 9 here in the UK. don't know what it works out to be in any way. It's not in the middle of the night, which we're just thankful for. Um, so I can't wait to watch it. Uh, just before we go, Elliot, one last thing. I noticed former Norwich manager Dean Smith's been linked with Charlotte. Would you like to see him in MLS? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know his son is his son, um, plays in America. Um, 
Good luck to him. Good luck. <laughs> Is that a, we like Charlotte too much to have that put on them? I just, I don't know. Which this is this I think is the best way that I can sum it up. I don't know what his philosophy is, and so I can't tell you what he would try to do or how he would try to play. Like we've just been talking about Nancy, who is just it, just incredible, uh, and he's got an exact style of play that he wants to implement. I don't know what Dean Smith is. He was at Norwich for like eighteen months or something. I, I don't know. I, I. I agree. Is there a more? Is there someone I dislike more in the history of Norwich? Probably not. Wow. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, he is a big thumbs down from Elliot on that. Let's see. Uh, Frank Lampard's also up for it. For maybe it's a job for Frank Lampard. We need a. We've got you know Rooney's gone. We need a Lampard. Uh, one of these uh, great England players to go. Oh, Phil Neville's there. So um, <laughs> you know, I guess he was a good England player. Uh, right, let's move on from that. Um, a big thanks to our sponsor, uh, not only for this episode, but also for the season as well. Soccer90.com, they've been with us a few years now. Uh, such a great uh, outlet, especially if you're an MLS fan or a fan of European soccer as well, international soccer. They've got loads of shirts on there, some other stuff as well. If you go to Soccer90.com, they're based out of uh, Dallas, the Hall of Fame, Soccer Hall of Fame, um, you know, which is... It's such a, a great, as I said, great outlet. We enjoy working with them. And if you go to their website, if you want a bit of a discount as well, courtesy of ourselves and Soccer90, uh, then type in MLS UK at the checkout. You get 20% off. Uh, right, that's it from today for today's show. This is it for our MLS Cup preview. If you've enjoyed the episode, you're watching on YouTube, then please uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and leave comments on all of our videos because it helps put them in other people's uh, search feeds. Uh, if you're listening on your podcast provider, then there's what if you're going to leave a rating, there's one rule and one rule only. LA Galaxy style, five stars only. Yep, which will continue into next season and possibly the season after that as well unless LA it's getting towards a... getting towards LAFC style it is yeah and there'll be a free off if they win this weekend uh, right thanks very much for uh, watching thanks very much for listening we'll be back with our MLS 2023 review show before Christmas but until then I've been Henry Hewitt and I've been Elliot Holman see ya Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.